Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that shows you how to become the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Wershing, and we've got sort of a special episode this time. Um, Julie and I have been doing this for about five years, and uh, we both have significant things that we uh, that are occupying more of our time. And so this will actually be our final episode, and we will use that opportunity to reflect on all of the things that we've learned over the past five years in uh, in hosting all of the the uh, great people that we've had on the program. So hi, Julie. Hey, this is a this is a big one. It is a big one. And it's bittersweet. I love doing this with <laughs> you. And I'm going to miss it terribly. I know. I know. I think uh, it's been such a, a great process. I know I've learned a lot just from our guests. I've learned a lot working with you. I've enjoyed it. But that's not going to end because we're friends as well as Coco. exactly. So that's exactly. not going anywhere. It, it, um, I'll but... just have to find other urgent things that will get you on the phone with me. And, I, and I'll and I'll say I take away the same thing that you did. I mean, one of the great things and I've, I've joked with you about this before. The, the best part of this whole experience is that, you know, I get an opportunity to talk to people who would never take my phone call. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just grateful for you and for this experience and, and also learned an awful lot with the people that we've spoken with. Really have. And I just, you know, maybe just take a moment to thank everybody who's joined us on this journey because it has been, I couldn't believe when you told me it had been five years, first of all. Right. <laughs> I'm a huge believer in podcasts and I'm a huge believer in everything that, that we've done. Uh, but it's also an interesting reminder that sometimes, you know, you've, you've got to make some really tough choices because we've all got limited time and- right. You know, for now, this is the choice, and uh, and and thankfully, there's a lot of great podcasts, more than there was when we started. That's right. Uh, that That's we can right. Listen to, and of course, all of those podcasts have to continually have us on as guests, so we can continue to talk about this stuff. Exactly. Um, but so um, so so what so Julie, what what you know, what we want to do this time is just sort of you know summarize and 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 bring together a lot of the things that we've picked up and, 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 and we've, there, there are a bunch of themes. Now you and I did a research project a few years ago and, and, and found um, some sort of some foundational things that uh, lead to referrals. And I, I was gratified to see that a lot of the people on the program sort of reinforced that, but, um, but also brought a lot of new interesting things to it. And so we're going to go through this program sort of hitting on the major themes of what goes into an effective referral marketing program. And of course, um, where that starts is knowing who you want to attract. And Julie, I know that that's, that's a big thing with you. So tell us a little bit about uh, about finding the right target market and why that's important. Yeah, this was a theme that we heard from so many people. And I know you and I are big believers. And even as, as you say that, knowing who you want to attract, I hear it two different ways. There's one, knowing who you want to attract, and then there's really knowing who you want to attract. <laughs> right, exactly. Who's your target? And then to what extent do you know them intimately so that you can truly target? But and, you know, I've, I've often said not everybody's going to have a niche or a target. We think it makes referrals so much easier, as do many of our guests. But the reality is if, if part of your goal is growth through referrals, this is going to be something that you, you really have to think about. And, you know, I, uh, one of the guests that I, re I really think of most often uh, on this is, is uh, we talked to Alex and Joe at Summitry um, quite some time ago, and they talked about 
the client persona that they have in place. Right. And that's just one of those exercises of not only saying, here's the kind of person that we want to attract, but then they went into extreme detail on who they were and how they thought and what their challenges were. And that became a filter for a lot of the decision-making within the organization and continues to be, I, I know them well, and I know this is still really important to them. So, you know, just this starting with that who, to me, it is, is absolutely critical. Well, it is. And you make a really important point there that it's the having a, a target market has to be more than saying who you work with that you you need to understand you need to understand them you know, you know so when when you and i talk to advisors and we say you know so what's your target and they will tell us what their target is and and you know one of the questions that we might ask in return is okay so what's different about planning for those people than than mm -hmm. planning for anybody else and if you don't dig into that and understand who they really who they are and um, a lot more detail about just their title or, you know, their profession or those guys, or this, even their stage of life, um, then you're not going to have, you know, you're, there's a theme that's come up a bunch of times. And, you know, Bill Cates, um, mm -hmm. his last book was Radical Relevance. And relevance yeah. is a word that I keep hearing over and over again. You can't be relevant to someone unless you really understand who they are beyond just the superficial kinds of things. And one of the things I took away from that exercise that Summitry did, and that they they actually poured a lot of attention and resources into the development of that client persona, which is a great way to um, sort of make formal what what your target is, is that the next, you know, the next four big clients that they identified were exactly that profile. And I think yeah. most of it is just because people are really attuned to them. And once you're really sensitive, it's like, you know, if you, if you buy a red car, all you're going to see on the road is red cars, because mm -hmm. now you're attuned to it. And I, so I think you need to save things that are relevant to the people you want to get. So therefore, you have to know things that are deeper than that. And it also sort of raises your consciousness about those folks. Yeah, and it allows you and the way I think this connects to referrals directly, of course, is that once you know who they are, it tells you how you need to communicate, what kind of content is going to be of interest, what kind of events you should run, how you can communicate. I think, you know, I think of Heather Ettinger in working with women, and I think, you know, she's nailed it in terms yeah. of the nuance and frankly, the difficulty of that particular target market. Um, but when you do that, I think it makes you so much easier to refer, right? Exactly. Now, sure. I know who you work with. And, and yeah. as soon as I come across that person, you're the one. Exactly. I mean, you know, if, if, if one of your clients is talking to, to a friend of theirs, they have to remember to refer you. They have to have a reason to refer you. And if you can give them a really clear picture of the person that you can, you can help the best, then when they see that person, it's more likely that you will come to mind so that that introduction can happen in the first place. Yeah, and I think that, you know, and this might get into another theme that we saw, but once you once you know who that target is, and now I'm thinking about what does the prospective client now see when they come to your website? So right. I heard you worked with first-generation business owners. Now, when I visit your website and I go to your social profile, I better see that reflected there as well. And, and so, you know, the imagery, well, I know one of our guests talked about how everything needs to align, every aspect of your business needs to align with that target. But that gets a little into brand as well. And that was another theme, right? How the extent to which you've created not just a business, but a whole brand focused on that audience. Can you talk about that theme? 
Yeah, well, let me build on your last point because it's really important that um, you know when when someone goes to your website, they need to be able to look at it and say, "Hey, that's me," or "Hey, they have something for me." And I always, you know, if if I look at a website and there are three blog posts, and one's about putting away money for college, and one is about social security, and one is about tax deductions your business can get, I know that they have a communication problem. Right. Um, because, you know, you and I are big believers in podcasts, and we're believers in all kinds of content marketing, and you have to be communicating directly to what those particular people are concerned about. And that's, and, and that sort of leads into that whole idea of brand that, um, you know, that that becomes your brand. And so not only the imagery on your website, but but how you design your experience and what mm -hmm. kinds of services you provide and, and how they're provided. You know, that's those are all components of brand. We had um, we've had a couple of folks who are brand experts on the show, and in one form or another, I mean, they said brand is everything. And so it's it's the whole it's the whole experience, and that whole experience. If you can design that around the people that you want to attract, then they will be attracted to that experience. Yeah, and I, you know, the as I think about this and, and this idea that you, you don't want to create friction or misalignment with anything, how you speak, who your team is, what the experience is, what your social says, what, and, and so I guess that's what you're saying. All of that falls under that, that right. brand umbrella, right? Yeah. And one of those aspects of, of, of branding is differentiation. And, you know, yeah. you and I go on, you, you and I go on and on about differentiation, how important Agnosium, it is. Really. That's right. So sorry, dear listener, you know, you're going to hear it again. Um, <laughs> But one of the things that really struck me was uh, was when um, uh, we had uh, Peterson on, um, yeah. who the brand expert, and um, she said a couple of things that were really interesting to me. One, one is that you want to be optimally distinct, mm. and that is that you have to be different, but you can't be crazy wild different. You can't be so different that nobody even understands what you do. And so finding that right balance, um, you know, is is an important part of the brand. And that the other concept that she threw into the conversation was having the uncommon denominator. And that is, and this is really important to differentiation because, um, you know, so many, so, so much of what advisors do is really kind of the same from advisor to advisor. There are all kinds of fundamentals that, that all advisors have to attend to. And so there are things that you do well that your clients need and that other advisors do well too. And that's important, but it will not distinguish you. And what you need to find out is what do you do that your target client needs that other people don't do that well? That's the differentiator you want to find. And I really, I really thought it was insightful of her to call that your uncommon denominator. It's a great, it is great. And I, you know, I, I remember, and it may have been you and I talking at, at some point, this idea when we talk about differentiation, it doesn't mean that you're different from every single other advisor. It means you're exactly the right one for me, right? Which right, means right. you've understood something about me and it could be nuanced, it could be subtle, it could be the kind of conversations we have, but that's what's setting you apart because you understand me and my needs so well. Right, exactly. I, I, I think um, I think you spoke to Bob Varis when he did that study about the, the perfect firm of the future. Um, right. And so when, when I spoke to him, they asked me, so Steve, what, what, what's the perfect firm of the future look like? And I said, there is no perfect firm in the future. In the future, every client will be able to find a firm that's perfect for them. Mm -hmm. And that's that whole differentiation thing, that if you can really stand out for a particular kind of person or have an experience that attracts a particular set of people, um, which is your niche, yeah. then, um, you know, then that's, that's how you will succeed. That's how you will be heard in a very noisy marketplace. Hey, it's Steve. 
We'll get back to the show in just a minute, but first I'd like to make you an offer. Every week I send out a tip or an idea to help you become more referable. It might be something I picked up during an advisory board meeting. It might be an idea from one of our amazing guests. Every other week I announce a new interview on the podcast, so never miss an episode. Or maybe it's something I picked up from a new research report and I deliver it right to your inbox. Would you like to become a little more referable each week? Then send an email to steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and I'll even throw in my latest alert, five reasons you need to listen to your clients now before someone else does. Just put five reasons in the subject line. That's steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and put five reasons in the subject line. And I'll send you your free guide right away and then a little tip about how to become more referable every week. Now, back to the show. So we're talking a little bit about experience. And so Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit more about experience. You know, one of those things that we've talked about a lot um, on this show is uh, that becoming referable um, is reliant a lot on delivering an an extraordinary experience. And so tell me a little bit about how the extraordinary experience fits into this. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a funny one, because I think we, we all talk about it, but it's, it's almost like we're talking different language sometimes, because uh, it means different things to different people. I talk to many advisors about experience. And what really we're talking about at the end is basically having a decent service matrix, right? Like delivering good service, driving satisfaction, When I think about client experience, that's just a given, that's table stakes. It's how have I crafted, how have I taken good service and made it extraordinary in a way that drives deeper engagement and made it more targeted to my audience? So I often think about it as um, almost like when you're you're painting a wall, right? Your first coat's like good service. So, you know, I, I send a follow-up to a meeting. That's a, you know, it's a key step in your process. It's right, very right. vanilla. And then the next code is about driving deeper engagement. I sent a follow-up, but I did a video instead of a, a written. And the third coat, which is the most vibrant when the color really comes to life is now when it's targeted. I sent a follow-up, it was video, and I talked about the specific needs of that target audience, right? And, right, right. And so if we can kind of build up the experience, and and so part of its design, a big part of it, I think, is, is designing and being very intentional, but it's also about being able to repeat it. And I remember, um, you know, Chip Munn talked about having a repeatable experience, and I don't think we can forget the critical importance of being able to deliver consistently as well. Right, exactly, and and um, you know, you if your if one of your clients refers a friend of theirs and they come, then it's really exceedingly important that that, that friend have exactly the same experience as your client who refer them, because if not, that client may not refer again, mm-hmm. uh, or that they'll be disappointed at one level or another. So that repeatable experience, you know, of course, the byproduct of that too is that you get more efficient. I mean, if you have really good systems and processes and things that that enable you to deliver a consistent experience you can also do a lot more of it so and do a lot more of it profitably but if we drive down in 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 below that you know i one of the things that you talked about was was having satisfied clients and i know that a lot of your research has shown that satisfaction doesn't really get you very much. It certainly doesn't get you referrals. That that's yeah. sort of like, you know, that's the first step, but you really need to carry it above that. And I remember our conversation with Jim Asplund from uh, mm-hmm. Gallup. Yeah. 
um, where he talked about moving from satisfaction to conviction. And I know you're a big fan of his. So am, yeah. can you tell, tell me a little bit more about some of that research? Because I think that's hugely relevant to what we're talking about. Well, I think that, you know, when, when he talks about that and others use different terms that he also talks about um, the rational versus the emotional, right? And typically that's the shift. Satisfaction is about delivering on what's expected, even over delivering on what's expected, right? If, if I expect you to pick up the call, the phone, when I call, if you pick it up a little faster, it doesn't make me deeply engaged, right? It's just nice. Yeah. Um, so when he talks about conviction, or if we think about engagement in our world, it's about being able to go deeper, being able to uh, to to build an experience that it demonstrates leadership is a word we use a lot with experience and and is really focused on solving some of the big challenges and concerns that your clients have. It's qualitatively different than just delivering good service. Right. And, and I think that that carries us into our next idea, which is driving that relationship deeper and, and being <clears throat> more memorable to, to uh, by getting farther into that person's be, uh, personality. And we talked about that right at the very beginning about, you know, not just knowing a description of your target client, mm-hmm. but really getting to know who they are. And so many of our clients o- along the way have talked about having deeper conversations mm-hmm. about uh, communicating about things beyond the numeric goals, you know, and those kinds of things, but really getting down into and 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 we we had you know guest after guest talk about how uh, either people that they were coaching or if they were practitioners, even what it did for their business to start getting into the more personal and to you know dig deeper and and develop those deeper relationships and and even you know share more of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that you know in some cases that that actually means being more authentic and more vulnerable yourself uh, as a way of driving that that relationship deeper. Yeah, I mean those those are some of the words we heard a lot and continue to hear, right? That this the idea of vulnerability or authenticity of of connecting and that fed through conversations it came into communication it was a theme that ran through so much and so many of of our guests and 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 in fact the whole idea of the quality or the depth of the client conversation being one of the most critical components of that client experience right i mean it's one thing to have a wonderfully a systematized client experience where you're meeting with people the right number of times per year and your CRM is telling you who to meet with. But if that conversation isn't going deep, uh, if it isn't memorable, and let's face it, again, just linking it back to referrals, that's what people talk about, right? If you can help me understand myself at a deeper level, if you can help me achieve something with my family and my child or, or, or whatever, I mean, that's what I talk to my friends about. Right. It, it's not clearly the portfolio, which we all know, but I, I, I you know, I'm such a believer in, and it was only reinforced through our experience with the podcast that the skill we need to build is that skill of having a deeper conversation. And I think, you know, we had Stephanie Bogan on and she talked really powerfully to that as well. It just came up over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and we had a lot of guests who are both practitioners and consultants who, who talked about that. And, you know, that I, I can remember hearing directly from clients 
um, you know, when if, if there was some values-based conversation at the beginning, if there was some kind of conversation as part of that onboarding process where they did go deeper and dig more into the, the you know, what, why is money important to you and, and the values around it and why do you make decisions the way you do in regard to money, that, you know, there were, there were people who were like on the verge of tears because they, it was such a significant experience for them and even just remembering it you know brought up a lot of those things and boy you know i mean if if you know that that can really not only make people more much more deeply loyal to you but also can significantly ramp up referrals at the same time absolutely um, and, and go ahead sorry you know good well we're just we're, we're you know you mentioned being memorable right as the theme and the the memorable piece is partly subtle, right? And, 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 and nuanced like a conversation. And sometimes it was bigger, but I'm, but I'm also reminded of, um, and I, I'm pretty sure it was Jay Bear who talked about this, which was a, it was a fun interview. Um, often when people think about being memorable, they're thinking about the one-off thing, right? The moment right, of truth, right, right. the wow moment where it was like, I can't believe they remembered this and they bought me this incredible gift. And, you know, all of that's lovely, but that's not your referral conversation because right. you're probably not going to do that for somebody else. Exactly. Right? right. So that's right. That's right. That, you know, you need, that's where the process comes in. The process comes in in having deeper conversations, which you know you can do consistently. And it comes in in the experience, which you're delivering consistently, but is still incredibly memorable to people. And can you talk a bit more like we've talked about conversations, but what about the experience as a whole and making that memorable? Yeah, well, so I'm glad you brought up Jay. Jay is, uh, Jay was a fun interview and I love his stuff. And, and he makes that point exactly that, that people keep talking about the Ritz Carlton experience and people keep talking about, you know, oh, well, you know, my kid left the teddy bear at the, at the hotel and, you know, they, they, they saved it for him and he, and they put him on all, they took pictures of him having all kinds of adventures all over the grounds yeah. and that kind of stuff. And so they ship back the teddy bear with all these pictures. Well, that's great. If your target market is um, people whose kids have teddy bears and are forgetful, but that's a really narrow target. You probably <laughs> you can't better build hope a it happens next time. If that's right. And you better have a whole lot of time to take all those pictures every time. So, you know, what Jay's point was, you need to do something that is memorable. That's just part of your experience that every time somebody comes and experiences you, they have that same memorable thing. I, the, one of his, it doesn't relate specifically to, to our audience, but one of his favorite things is the, the Doubletree hotels that always yeah. give you a warm cookie when you check in. And that's, yeah. that's really memorable. And it doesn't necessarily speak to what many hotel customers are looking for. But it definitely sets it, it. It's 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 something that they welcome, and it's something that's appreciated. It's something that's different, and uh, and and so it it works for them. So um, you know, and so that has all kinds of of ramifications across providing the kind of experience that you provide. Um, uh, that you want to be able to have those things that are different, but different in a meaningful way. And we talked a little bit before about being different, but not being totally out of the ballpark so mm -hmm. that people can understand it. But as part of that experience, when you design it, you know, you need to design in those, those memorable things, but things that are, that are relevant to your clients, Th things that, you know, if, if this is your target client and these are the things they care about, what is something that you can build into that experience that's going to be meaningful to them that you can make sure happens every time you onboard somebody.
Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I have to tell you really quickly. I, my son did lose his teddy bear at a hotel <laughs> and I nearly, and it was not that particular organization. Right? <laughs> I mean, it was panic because he was young. You know what it's like. Right? Oh, sure. It was yeah. Terrible. And I called the hotel and they said, yes, we've got it. And they didn't have, they, they didn't have any nice photos. They shipped it up and the poor thing was like bound and gagged in a plastic bag. I'm like, I can't even let my child see this, right? Yeah, right, exactly. This is a horror story. movie. What yeah, right, exactly. The, yeah, I know. So <laughs> it can go all sorts of wrong if you He's can't He's in the building. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, well, we, we, I mean, and that was true for, you know, our daughter is the same age as, as your son. And, yeah. and uh, we have, so we, and she had monkey when she was right. really little. <laughs> and so we knew that was a risk. So we had backup monkey. Ah, got it. And, so we thankfully we never had to actually use it and we brought out backup monkey at some point and and i think she named him other monkey because other you know their kids are creative and um but yes it's it's uh it's it's yeah that that's not how you what you want to base your experience on you want to base it on consistent. something that is consistent doable appreciated yes. that it, and it's relevant to all of the folks that are in your target market yeah absolutely and uh, go ahead sorry yeah. So, you know, that, so you have to be different. You have to create memorable experiences. Then that also bleeds over into how you communicate. And we had a mm -hmm. lot of guests that talked about different ways of communicating with clients. Yeah. Um, and, and what, what your communications program as part of your marketing plan, you know, needs to, needs to include. And so there were a lot of, a lot of, of those kinds of things that influenced what goes into that communication program. So, you know, what, what were some of your biggest memories of, of how that applied to communications? Well, you know, I would sum it up with a like, get over it. You've just got to learn these things. <laughs> you know, I, in fact, I was listening to um, a, another podcast with one of our guests, which was Samantha Russell, and she was talking with Susan Thader recently about new channels being one of the big trends for for marketing this year. But that was a theme that came up over and over again, right? We've got to uh, get comfortable with new mediums. So, you know, whether that's video and that, that came up in a, in a, in a couple of episodes and the idea being, it's not a new channel, but the medium had to change to allow it to be more personal so that you could connect with your clients and with your prospective clients. Uh, and then social media, obviously being the new channels and things we just, you know, these are new uh, muscles for a lot of different right, people, right. particularly if you're my age. And um, <laughs> and we just we can't pretend it's not happening. Uh, right. So I, I think just, yeah, the mindset and being just saying, look, I'm going to give this a shot and try it. So important. Yeah. And and um, I think it was it was only recently that I was going through marketing agencies for financial advisors. And it was just recently that the, it was the first time I'd heard TikTok mentioned. Oh, so yeah, yeah, we, yeah we've got it. Sure. Yeah. So we've got it. We've got to keep up with that stuff. But one of the interesting thing is that, that a couple of our guests made the point that the paradox is that we've got all of these multiplying ways of communicating with clients and going direct to them. So not having to go through a gatekeeper like a newspaper or mm -hmm. some other kind of media channel, but we can go direct to them through social media and stuff. But that means that we have to, um, that, that the importance of social interactions actually goes up, right. that, that we have to be really targeted with our messages and we have to actually figure out how to use these new channels to actively engage with people back and forth. So it's not just communicating the same ad, but over a different channel. I mean, mm -hmm. we, have to, we have to talk about how we interact with those media in, in different ways 
because they're fundamentally different. They're not just a new place to do it. They're, they're actually different. And I, you know, when it comes to referrals, I think some of these media are going to be even more important as well. Like the idea that I can click on a video and listen to someone is going to, in, like, it's going to be such an influence on whether I contact that person or not. If they're real, if they're open, if I feel comfortable, all of that's going to play in. So it's, it feels scary, but it's going to facilitate uh, a way of connecting with prospective clients in a way that I, I think we've, we haven't seen before. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and, and there are all kinds of aspects to that that some different of our guests have brought up. Even you may remember um, one of the earliest guests that we had started Guidevine. And yeah. so, and that was the reason that Guidevine was, was created was that uh, people need to get a sense of who you are as a person mm -hmm. before they will come in and want to work with you. Or, you know, Matt Halloran was, you know, yeah. and, and, and podcasting and, and, you know, he talks about um, how to build a, a reputation of expertise, how to be an influencer um, in your area on the mm -hmm. particular things that your target market cares about. And so, yeah, that there's, there more, there's more of you and more of your person and more of your expertise that we have to, to, we have to project through these new media um, if we're going to attract people and, and attract more referrals. Well, and I think, you know, this, it's, it's a little tangential to what you're saying, but maybe important because it goes back to imagery as well. This idea of how vulnerability collide with different media. And, and I think also then the imagery on our site, because for whatever reason, I'm having this intensely negative reaction to a lot of the team photos I'm seeing lately. You know, right. it's, I mean, how odd that they're all dressed the same. I mean, exactly. that, how, huh, that's interesting. All 40 of them are standing outside the office in a straight <laughs> line in, in the same outfit. And this was absolute, this is how exactly, things were right. done. Yeah. But I, viscerally, it's just, it doesn't feel like there's any connection at all. I want to see who people are in right. a different way. And, 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 and people who go to your website, they want to see you. They yeah. want to see your staff. They want to see yeah. people who look like your clients. They don't want you know. It's, I, I, I have to laugh about you know. You get the stock photos, and please don't do those on your website anymore. You know, it, it looks like we have no diversity and inclusion issues at all in our business because everybody's website has you know, people of different races, people of different ages. It's like, come on, cut that out. Yeah. David Meerman Scott was on was on the program, and he mm -hmm. wrote that hilarious blog post. I think it was called "Who the Hell Are These People?" Right. Um, so yeah, we need to be more authentic. We need need to be more available. And 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 like we're saying, you know, you people want to go there and get to know who you are and who's around your office and what the work setting is like. So you want that to be more authentic. Well, and it's, you know, it's, it's a good litmus test, though, to your point, when you look at that photo, when it comes to diversity, right? And I know Angela D'Angelo talked about this as well. Like, I mean, it takes you two seconds to see there's nobody in there like me. Or right. Is, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so exactly. You go have right. a look at it and it'll it'll affect the way you hire going forward. Yeah. Now we've talked about a lot of different ideas. And one yeah. of the things that we've talked about on the show before and has been brought up by a number of our guests is that it's great to have all of these concepts. But one of the mistakes that advisors sometimes make is they just use a bunch of tactics. Yeah. They, oh, this is a good idea. That's a good idea. This is a good idea. Let's do each of those. And a number of our guests have really emphasized the importance of it being a coordinated system. Can you, yeah. can you remember some of those episodes? Yeah, I can. And, and this came out in our research as well, right? That that all everything right. that we're talking about, all of these themes kind of 
fit together so that a, a it's intentional, it's broad based, but the system and the process being just as important as, as ever. So here's how we reach out. Here's how we follow up. Here's how we thank clients. And, and I know you talked about this really powerfully in one of our discussions, just we need a referral system and we can't right. just, we can't wing it when it comes right. to these things. Right. And then I was even more impressed by, um, uh, Melissa Intizar from AssetMark, yeah, yeah. who, who, who she talked about the system for uh, develop, develop, uh, cultivating C, um, C COIs, referrals from right? COIs yeah. mm -hmm. and how, you know, it's, you know, you, you need to, to, you know, evaluate a bunch of people that you might do work with and you, and you need to have a conversation about mutual expectations and you mm -hmm. want to do joint work with them. And really it, it is a full process and it's coordinated and, and that's what, what, you know, con that consistently, if you do it is what generates those kinds of referrals is true for clients as well as COIs. Well, and that's it. Look, when you look across all of the advisors or firms that you know who are really, really crushing it when it comes to referrals, there is a process in place. They know what they're doing. It's not coincidental. I mean, everybody's going to get referrals to some extent. If you're delivering good service, you'll get a natural level of referrals. But you and I have always been way more interested in the unnatural level of referrals. <laughs> right, like, exactly. What, what can we do that's intentional and that actually probably leads us into the the final theme, which is that this all takes time, right? That right. there it, there isn't some one thing that we do, that that we you know one of our guests talked about sowing referral seeds. I know you've talked about that as well, right? This idea that we're planting seeds over time and they will grow. But none of this happens overnight. That's right. It, this is not like a sale. This is not yeah. like I'm going to sit in front of this prospect and I'm going to, you know, do a transaction. Um, the the fact is that that people, clients, COIs refer for their reasons and not your reasons, and that we don't know when they're going to need it. It's not going to be on our schedule. It's going to be when the need comes up. And so it's the long game. If you really want to be successful at referrals, it's the long game. And you've got to plant those seeds and not expect too much in the short run. You've got to build lists and keep in touch with those people as lists. And you've got to consistently plant those seeds and consistently provide reminders about referrals. Um, and that uh, it, 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 you'll build it up over time, but you have to, you know, it's just, it's just like investing, you know, at the very beginning, you're not going to crush it, right? But if you invest consistently, and you get a consistent return, it's, you know, off in the future when it starts really generating consistent returns. Well, and that, you know, that ties pretty well back and maybe a good segue to wrap these up. Because when we sat down five years ago, and we thought about this podcast that we were going to do and what we were going to call it, we came up with the idea of becoming referable. It's a verb, right? It's, That's right. It's not you aren't and then you are. It doesn't have <laughs> right. an outcome, but this idea that you you do become referable both through the experience you deliver, but not only that, that you, in addition to that, you need to then leverage that incredible experience, facilitate more referrals, be intentional about it. Um, so, you know, in no world can we just talk about tactics to drive more referrals or just tactics for client experience. They, that's, you know, the overarching theme of what I heard is that we need to think about both if we're going to become referable. 
That's right, and and that's an excellent point. That um, this is an uh, this is a lifelong process, or it's a career long process that you never stop becoming referable. You know, it's 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 an unattainable goal. You can get consistent referrals, but as we said, there are different technologies. People's needs change. People's expectations change. Target markets change competition changes. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, we always need to be thinking about how we can, you know, how we can continue to develop more and more that way. So I think that's, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. And Julie, I cannot tell you how much fun it's been to do this with you for all these years. It's, uh, it's been a great, it's been a great, a great way to get to be closer with you and better friends. And uh, I'm very grateful that we've had the opportunity to do this. Oh, thank you. It, you mean the world to me. Thank you so much for this. And uh, thanks to everyone for continuing to listen in. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for listening. And we're going to miss you too. We do get feedback <laughs> and emails and calls every once in a while, and we'll miss that. And we hope that we will see you uh, in the future at conferences and, and meetings and those kinds of things. So, um, so good luck to all of you. Take care. Thanks, Julie. Hi, it's Julie again. It was great to have you with us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really does help. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. Thanks so much for joining us.